A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today we've got some crazy stories, and our first one's from Silas of the Lambs. Want to make a colleague switch offices? Okay. I'm an attorney in a small rural law firm. Recently we hired a staff member, Lorraine, as a prospective replacement for one of two existing staff members who are perpetually on the edge of retirement. For reasons I won't go into, one existing staff member, Karen, not either of the two that are about to retire, has developed a strong antipathy to Lorraine and has waged a petty campaign to make Lorraine's work less pleasant. Karen doesn't formally have any authority over Lorraine, but she's been at the firm a long time and knows how everything works and where everything is, so she has de facto power. Lorraine's workspace is currently in what would ordinarily be an attorney's office, except we don't have an attorney to fill it. We are, however, getting an intern, whom I'll call Mr. Happy because he deserves it, over the summer. Karen decided, pretty much on her own, that it's very important that Mr. Happy get to use the attorney office. This would mean Lorraine would have to work in the mailroom, which is cramped and unpleasant, and which, most importantly, contains a crummy, awful computer of ancient vintage and poor capabilities. Much worse than the one Lorraine is using now. Last summer, when Mr. Happy interned with us, he sat in the mailroom and used the computer, but for some reason things are different now, I guess? So Lorraine and I waited until Karen left for lunch, and then unplugged everything and swapped the computers, and moved the furniture around a bit to make the mailroom into a reasonable, if not still particularly pleasant, workstation. It is now, however, for all practical purposes, impossible to use it for actual mail, which only Karen ever really does. Karen took a few hours to notice, but when she did, she was obviously livid and went to hassle Lorraine who, per my instructions, told Karen that it was all my idea. So Karen came to hassle me, and I played dumb. Well, you said it was super important that Mr. Happy get an office, and that mailroom computer doesn't have the software on it that Lorraine uses every day to do what she does. Karen told me that she had a whole plan to put the software on the mailroom computer so Lorraine could use it. She said, we discuss things around here before we do them. And I said, oh, who did you discuss the office switching plan with? Which was nobody, of course, except Lorraine. She also said that the rule around here is that attorneys get laptops, which is only sort of true. But anyway, Mr. Happy is only a rising 3L and is no more an attorney than Lorraine is. In the end, she ended up saying that she was just trying to help. And I said, well, I was just trying to help too and I hope the next time we can coordinate things better. She said not to worry, in the future she'd just take care of herself. Contradicting this, she very quickly went and fussed to her boss, who came and asked me what was going on. I told him the story pretty much like I've just told it to you, and he, being well aware of Karen's campaign of petty harassment against Lorraine, thought it was brilliant and gave me his full support. He then went back and used on Karen the kind of demeanor that we attorneys sometimes use on clients, or prospective clients, who are absolutely out of their darn minds. The kind where you sit there all wide-eyed and innocent and ask questions. 
questions like, is there some reason it's very important for Mr. Happy to have that particular computer? And did OP break anything in the process of moving stuff around? And wasn't using the mailroom as Lorraine's workstation your intention all along? And that's the same computer Mr. Happy used last summer, right? Did he have any complaints about it? And she had no satisfactory answers at all. So now Karen's in a constant huff and hasn't said a word to me outside absolutely minimal professional requirements for two days. And Lorraine is adjusting to her new office. And because it's now Lorraine's new office, Karen either has to do all her mail-related work when Lorraine's not around or else do it all at her workstation and not in the mailroom, but also has to walk a lot further to access the mailroom computer to print envelopes and whatnot. She's been prone to mutter things about me to her crony among the staff, not mentioned yet, and once, when I overheard it, I walked up to her and asked her if there was something she'd like to say to me directly instead of muttering it to others. She found no words. To anticipate all the hate I'm about to get, I'll just clear up a few points. I'm not formally Karen's boss just a very newly minted associate, so I can't just pull rank on her to cut out the nonsense. Moreover, the attorney who is her boss exists in a state of perpetual emergency because of his immense workload and the difficulty of hiring more attorneys in rural areas. He's actually intervened with Karen a couple of times to tell her to stop with her petty provocations, but in general he doesn't have a lot of time to spend managing because he's got so much lawyering to do. And like so many lawyers, very little aptitude for management. And the org chart doesn't go any higher above him. The reason the office is so tight for space in general is because we have two, especially one, staff members who might retire literally any day but haven't done it yet. And so we have one more person that the space is built for while they train up a replacement for themselves but are both still around. You gotta love dealing with workplace Karens like that. If you had to continue working around somebody like that, would you be able to keep your composure? Or do you think there would be a point where you just kind of flip out on them and tell them your mind? Let me know how you would handle it in the comments down below. Our next story is from Chisser. Customer shake isn't milky enough. Years ago, I used to work for a popular ice cream joint. The job was pretty chill, co-workers were fun to be around, and the pay was alright for a teenager. But as with every other food service job, the customers made the experience a whole lot worse always had the regular annoyances, people yelling at you for long wait times, orders being wrong, etc. Even had a guy get up on the counter and berate me because we were out of bananas for banana splits. But one experience really stood out from the others. We had a regular customer who would come in, no crap, every day to get a strawberry shake. He was fine with long waits or if our card machines were down, but this dude would summon the might of Satan if his milkshake wasn't made with enough milk in it. Worse, he would sit there and wait until you remade it to his liking. Stupid store policy made us remake any order for free if the customer wasn't happy with it. One day this dude comes in and orders, guess what, a strawberry milkshake. I was working the ice cream bar, so filled with defeat I start making his order. Company recipe was three scoops of ice cream for a regular smoothie. Since I knew this guy liked his milky, I only put two. I handed it to him and went about the next orders until five minutes later he comes back and screams at me that the milkshake wasn't milky enough. Now every time in the past, I've always made his this way, two scoops to give it that milky consistency. This time I guess he just wanted to mess with me. At this point I had enough, the day had been rough as it is so I really didn't want to handle this. 
especially since I could tell with the poop-eating grin he had plastered on his face that he was trying to make my day worse. This is where the malicious compliance comes in. I decide to make the milkiest milkshake possible, but while still being a milkshake by technicality, I went back to my station and started the concoction. I didn't put in two scoops. I didn't put one scoop. I put one tablespoon of strawberry ice cream and filled it up to the brim with milk. After the pointless blending, I handed him the milkshake he didn't want, but the one he deserved. I watched him with my own poop-eating grin beaming back at him while he tried his milkshake. He took a sip and immediately started berating me that it was just milk. I told him, no sir, I put strawberry ice cream in there just as you asked. I could see the rage in his eyes as he demanded his order be remade. I then politely informed him, our store policy only lets you have your order remade once for free. His face burned bright red as he muttered something under his breath, then stormed out the door, slamming it behind him. Every time after that, he never asked for me to remake his order. A few months later, I got a better job where I didn't have to deal with angry customers. There's a certain level of heck that is for people that not only are just bad customers, but are intentionally trying to make your life and your job harder. Frankly, that guy deserved to get kicked out and banned. Our next story is from Sapphire Rose 11. Wounded orphan bird has other first choices too, Karen. For clarity, this happened a couple summers ago at the discount shop where employees wear red and you can always find us in the middle of nowhere or a rundown strip mall. I was the only assistant manager on staff because we were always short-staffed. Our system was updated and eventually assistant managers couldn't print off applications for our incapable GMs and I was bouncing between setting our display of summer decor. I'd opened the box with our cement garden birds, the really fat ones everyone has, and as was evident from the crushed cardboard, our driver had crushed them during the delivery. I put them up on the shelf and threw away the demolished pieces. As the assistant manager, I have sales floor privilege to use Markdown with damage stickers to adopt these rescues to a loving gardener and begin scene. I left my flock of injured rescue cement fat birds to go get the discount stickers, and before I ever get the chance to reprice them for Markdown, in stomps rude old witch. They say these birds are all broken. I was looking at the garden stuff and they're all broken. It's ridiculous you expect me to pay, I think it was $5, when this is the best looking one and his head's broken. Five small green chips she literally could have fixed in school supplies were missing on the very top of his chubby head. She kept babbling for a little longer about how we're crooks and scammers charging such a ridiculous price for a clearly defective product. I waited for the ironic, so what are you going to do about it? And thrust the bird at me. Me, kind of offended that she said so many mean things to a bird with a bad haircut when a summer before I sold an alligator to a good home, missing a whole front foot. I said, well, it's not his fault this happened. Our delivery drivers are very rushed people who are not gentle. They say, I don't care whose fault it is. I want to know what you are going to do to fix it. Cue malicious compliance. I suddenly remember how she was at one point scolding me because she doesn't even want the bird. He'll make her garden ugly. She's only getting it because she feels she's owed a discount for seeing a broken bird without a discount sticker. I say, well, I'll make sure he gets a good home because you said you don't want him because he's broken. Right, ma'am? Rude old witch suddenly very confused and flustered. No, I want to buy him. I just want to know what you're going to do to make it right with me about this bird. I say, right. 
and you said he'd make your garden ugly, so I should sell him to someone with an ugly garden that will think he's pretty. Rude old witch growls and walks away. You gotta love in this moment how this rude old witch, their true intentions were revealed through their complaining. I imagine that's definitely a gamble anyways, like, oh, that's awful, it's a horrendous product, it's all broken up, but I'll still buy it, can I have a huge discount? Uh, no, Karen, if you don't want it, then don't buy it. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every video has awesome stories like our final story of the day from Aubergine, this is the price now. So I'm not sure how malicious this is, but I thought it might be quite fun to post. I used to work in a Kath Kidston shop in London, which for those that don't know the brand, CK is very floral vibes, bags, accessories, and very classically British style. When I moved to London, I joined a CK store from a different one, having already been a supervisor. This was a busier shop though, so I started as sales assistant until the following year when I was a supervisor again. The day in question was a Sunday, and I was the only manager on shift. A woman came in with a steep sense of purpose radiating off of her. She came to the till and laid down a quite frankly manky child's backpack. CK does these quite cute child-sized backpacks in all sorts of patterns like flowers, dinosaurs, anything. This one had looked into the abyss and stared back. It was so discolored. There was also some brown stuff scraped along the side as well, which was delightful. The woman proceeds to tell me that the bag is broken, and she wrongly assumes I'm going to be extremely happy to help her. Even I cannot work miracles and return a bag which is definitely a few years old. It roughly goes like this. I say I'm sorry, but this is quite an old pattern, so I won't be able to do a return or exchange for you today. She says, but I just bought this a few months ago, it shouldn't have broken already. I say it's quite possible you bought this at an outlet store, in which case you need to go to an outlet store to return, as the prices would not match. She says no, I bought this at full price, it was 30 British pounds. I say I'm sure this pattern's from 2014 or so, so it wouldn't have been in the store recently. She says no, I need a refund or exchange, I bought it very recently. I say do you have a receipt for a refund? She says, no, I bought it recently, but I don't keep receipts. Can't you just take my word for it? At this point, I realize this bag is going to come out to pennies if I find the code for it somewhere inside. But without a receipt, I can offer you an exchange or gift card. She says, why didn't you say that earlier? I say, okay, well, for an exchange that you say is broken, I need to take the bag and record it as faulty. She says, wait, you're taking it? I say, if it's faulty, it needs to go to the warehouse to be looked at and I can find the product code to find out how much money you can get for your exchange. She says, well, okay, if this gets me an exchange, you can take it. I say, I cannot process a refund without a receipt, unfortunately. It's policy. At this point, I gingerly take this bag that is literally disgusting and open it up to try to find a SKU code on the label. This is the only way to get an accurate record of what the bag is when there is no receipt. Luckily, this bag had a SKU code, and by the first number, I already knew it was an old bag. I type in the SKU into the till, and this bag comes in at a whopping 5 pounds. She literally does not believe me that this is only 5 pounds. She walks around to my side and looks at me typing it in. She looks at the bag to read the numbers and tells me I can't read numbers. 
I type it in at least 20 times, and each time it comes out at 5 pounds. The lady literally stands there debating with me for another 5 minutes about the price. She's clearly fuming it's only 5 pounds, and is trying to figure out whether she wants to even do the exchange. She ends up buying two packets of hair clips and complains to me that this will make her daughter cry. I say thank you so much for coming, and then proceed to show everyone I work with the backpack covered in poo. Note, and yes, with CK customer service style, I did have to offer her an exchange. This ended up in a lot of customers being annoyed at the price now being exchanged, but they were always the ones who had no receipt and expected somehow to get 50 pounds worth of an exchange when they bought a bag two years ago. That is not how time works. I mean, frankly, this lady should walk out of there feeling lucky that they got five pounds, and frankly, they took it probably because they realized that was a really good deal they got. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.